that's where I get at with this American will or this American spirit or just the human spirit of I've got this and I need to make it work and I'll right. I have to figure out another avenue. This one's closed. I'm not right. gonna just say, Oh well, I guess I gave it a try. Right. I gotta keep going and I'm gonna figure out a different way to make this work and um so I, I, I think I think there's a, a, a silver lining to everything. You sure. just have to keep that positive attitude and and just keep working hard at your at your goal or your dream. And this is the Right Idea Podcast. Welcome to season three of the Right Idea Podcast. I'm Kevin Nicholson, volunteer president and CEO of No Better Friend Corp. In this season, we've highlighted the creativity and work ethic behind the businesses that make Wisconsin's economy go round. Today, we're interviewing Steve Sanders, owner of Falls Coffee, which he started in 2019 in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. Out here, so feel awesome. free, whoever wants some. Cool. Some chocolate hints to it, and a caramel, but it's it's really got some fruitiness to it. Yeah. I always I always feel like I'm tasting a little bit of cherries in it, but that's just me. Okay. But just maybe because of the fruitiness taste, but it's a pretty popular one, and yeah, people people seem to like it. Cool. So, yes. In today's episode with Steve, we'll dive into his inspiration behind starting the business, how his law enforcement background has shaped the mission of Falls Coffee and how the American spirit inspires him to plan for the future. If you enjoy a premium cup of coffee and want to support our law enforcement, you'll want to check out Falls Coffee. It's coffee with a cause. This is the Right Idea Podcast. So we're here today in beautiful downtown Waukesha uh, with Steve Sanders coming to us from uh, the Falls Coffee Company. Steve, we are thrilled to have you here and glad you were able to navigate the confusing streets of Waukesha and find No Better Friends office. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. <laughs> Good deal. I know you've got a law enforcement official's like sense of direction, so I'm sure that navigating Waukesha was not that challenging, but you made it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it helps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that and GPS. That and GPS, right? <laughs> if you can follow the iPhone and get it, get you here. Right. Well, we're thrilled to have you. And um, I, what I want to do is just kind of start by talking about um, the history and the mission of Falls Coffee. I know, I know that it's founded by professionals who currently work in law enforcement. Tell us a little bit about how the idea and the company come to fruition and, and the mission of it. Well, uh, I'm a big coffee drinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time, I think like a lot of people, you know, I always thought of a premium coffee as that of being a, a big coffee company out of the West Coast mm-hmm. uh, or, or other big name coffee companies. And as I started to dive into trying out other coffees from other different online companies. There's a big, there's a lot of online companies. There's a ton of online companies. Right. Uh, and I thought to myself, you know, these are all great, but the price, it's its expensive to get a good premium coffee out there. Right. And I wanted to try to do something. Well, first off, I wanted to have my own business. Right. I wanted to try to do something on my own as well. And I thought, well, if I can do this and try to get it to people at a more affordable price mm-hmm. or what I feel is a more affordable price, then it's a win-win for everybody. So right. the idea was, was I was going to take some of the thoughts and some of the uh, ways that other coffee companies run their businesses and meld it down into my own and make it my own and hopefully sell a lot of coffee and right. have a lot of happy coffee drinkers out there. Which is good. And you've got, you've got some here today in the office because you actually yes. brought in a sample. Tell us about what you brought so I brought in a Costa Rican. Uh, most of my coffees, except with the exception of two, are single origin bean, which means that when you're drinking a Costa Rican coffee, mm-hmm. it is all one 
bean okay. from Costa Rica or okay. from Mexico or from Ethiopia. There are a ton of beans that come out of these countries, but this is one particular bean from one particular distributor. Okay. Uh, so, and that's what we use to roast and then to uh, sell. Gotcha. And this particular bean is again from Costa Rica and it is roasted in a medium roast way. Okay. And the reason for that is, is it helps to bring out the flavors a little bit more. The darker you go, uh, the closer you get to burning. Right. Uh, More so, bitter. Correct. I know so. that much. I'm not a aficionado, <laughs> but I know that much. So. Right. So <laughs> hopefully with, uh, well, the, the goal when you're doing a medium roast is and a lighter roast is to bring out the flavor of the bean. And that's mm-hmm. what we hope we've done with the Costa Rican coffee. And that will bring out some chocolatey notes, but really like a fruity flavor. And like I said earlier when we were talking about this, is I detect a little bit more of like a cherry flavor, but okay. you know that's just me. Maybe it's because I hear fruity, uh, fruit fruity notes, and that's right. what comes to my. Well, I will tell you. Taste, so, so I am I'm I drink a lot of coffee, and I drink red wine too. I like both these things. I am incapable of describing why I like them. <laughs> I have categories of good and bad. This is in the category of really good. So <laughs> for what for what it's worth and. If I went down the the, the uh, trail of trying to describe to you the flavors, I don't think I'd be as good at it as you are. But it's very good, and I like it. Excellent. Um, and medium roast, I that's what I usually def- when I see the kaleidoscope of options at a coffee shop. I usually gravitate to that for the reason you said, which is you get the taste of the coffee. Right. It's not overly bitter, and like you don't. It, it just seems like it's it's like the I don't know the best flavor, and it's easy to drink. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, the dark roasts definitely have their place. Yep. Uh, Colombian and Sumatran are two different types of uh, coffees that we also have that are a dark roast. And they're and they're great. They right. definitely have their own. They bring their own flavors and their own uh, uh, rich taste to mm-hmm. the table. But, you know, the, the common coffee that Americans drank for the longest time was a dark roast coffee. And that's just because the beans were so terrible back in the day (laughs) (laughs) that the only way to make them more palatable was to roast them pretty dark. So Americans generally like that dark roast coffee. They're used to it. They're just used to it. Right. Right. So hopefully we're bringing, and there's a lot of, besides just mine, there's a lot of businesses that are bringing out uh, some medium and some light roast coffees for that reason. Right. Well, it's excellent. I'm glad that you brought some to us. Talked about so the the business model you've got so you got this is well and in, in, in actually maybe elaborate too the fact that the, the law enforcement component of your mission and how that fits into what you're doing. Sure. Uh, well, uh, obviously I'm full time law enforcement. Mm-hmm. I work for a agency uh, that's here in southeastern Wisconsin. Southeastern Wisconsin. Okay. Um, actually, I work for an agency here in Waukesha County, and. It was one thing to have, well, I mean, I've got just over 22 years of law enforcement experience mm-hmm. and I don't have any business experience. Sure. So I wanted to bring something that I knew into something uh, that was new to me, which yeah. was running and owning my own business. So right. it was natural for me to want to bring that in because it was a little more comfortable and a little bit easier to start the business. But the other reason too is, is there's a lot of businesses that are out there that are pro-law enforcement, that they have their own mission and their own idea of how they want to sell their product and great for them that they're, they want to help law enforcement as well. But I wanted something that was a little bit more hundred percent towards law enforcement right. as opposed to kind of on the side. And there's nothing right. wrong with on the side, I get yeah. that because everybody's got their own business model and how they want to run their business. But I wanted to be more 
instead of this being an afterthought, I want it to be the thought. So right. that was a very close tie to me to uh, to start this business was to have it pro-law enforcement. Awesome. Yes. And how does the pro-law enforcement piece manifest? Like, what? how does that fit into the mission and, like, what what you're actually doing well we give a portion of our proceeds back to law enforcement okay. right now because we're just starting out being a small company and and not uh, being as large as others we don't have as many funds as we'd like to have right sure. now hopefully sure. we'll work up to that the joy of starting out exactly right? <laughs> exactly you got to start somewhere exactly uh but the mission is twofold one is to support local law enforcement uh police departments so in the case of my business we're looking at trying to support police agencies here in southeastern Wisconsin. But okay. then we also, as we expand and get bigger, we want to support other local police agencies nationwide. Okay. And then the ultimate goal is we have two foundations that we want to work closely with. One is called the Wounded Blue. Okay. And the other one is Concerns for Police Survivors, which is the acronym is COPS. Okay. And both of them work on helping families that have lost loved ones in the line of duty, but they also, the Wounded Blue especially works with officers that are injured uh, in the line of duty and okay. then have mental health issues, uh, PTSD, for example, or PTSD-like mm -hmm. symptoms as a result of uh, being on the job, which, as I found out recently uh, from several colleagues that have retired from work injuries, mm -hmm. Is just something that isn't thought of as much, right? You know, you, uh, and from my understanding is, is they can sometimes be forgotten. Mm -hmm. So, I wanted to contribute some funds to organizations that would help uh, right. officers that are in those positions, and those are the two uh, the two organizations that I picked. That's great. So, yeah. Well, no, I think I think you're right. Like, I mean, again, I'm a, a veteran of the Marine Corps, and I think uh, you know, I. I We've done some podcasts here, including a group called Sierra Delta, that does work around um, veterans with PTSD and matching them with, um, with, with frankly, with dogs to help to ease uh, uh, stress issues. I do at times, and I, I view this as a very important issue with veterans, I also think at times the media can overplay it in a way that makes uh, veterans come across as solely victims, which I also think is inappropriate. The truth is somewhere in between, just like with everything, which is that you have to pay serious mind to issues of stress and how it affects uh, mental health and so on. You should not then overplay it in an attempt to like you know score your political objective, whoever you may be. But I would say, and you bring a really important point up, which is that I don't know that the general public thinks about these same type of issues and how it affects law enforcement because day in day out, whether or not it's it's like actual gunfire you're dealing with, there's stress of the personal interactions that you're having to deal with, and that's a real thing. Yeah, I by all means I don't want to equate what I do in law enforcement as what the military has done, especially overseas. Um, but at the same time, while we may not have as traumatic of incidents as maybe the military has, but sometimes we, you do. Well, correct. Yeah, there, sometimes you do, and you never know when that's going to happen. Yes, or right? or it could be just minor. What I consider to be a minor traumatic incident that's just unfortunately, or, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, mm -hmm. just drawn out over a 25-year or 30-year career right. where, depending on where you are in the military, you may not, and this is just pure speculation to me, is, is you may not have that for 25 years because you may... Day not, after you know, day. Right, day after day I, or whatnot. Except um, for very rare careers in the military, you're right. Right, and, and by all yes. means, I don't want to take away from our, our military brothers no, and sisters. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I, I think this is a very important conversation to yeah. have. It's part of your, your business, so it's a great time to have it, but... 
No, I mean, for most, not all, but most people in the military, it's deployment to combat zone, brought back, deployment to combat. And that has its own challenges that are very real, the on and off and on and off. And that's what I experienced in my time in because it was during an act of war or two of them. But that's not always the case in the military. You can have long stretches where you're not deployed. There's other stressors that come with that. I think what's unique about law enforcement is, to your point, day after day for 25 to 30 years, you go out and even if it's not an act of violence situation, you see people at their worst. You see them at their best too, right? Sure. But you see them at their worst, you got to deal with that. And I don't know that your average person thinks about like that toll is real and it's every day for a long time. Right. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Right. Uh, we're not out there a majority of the time dealing with uh, everybody that's having a good day. A yeah. lot of times we're seeing people, as, as you just said, that are at their worst or, or um, at a low point where they just need help. And, right. Yeah, you right. see them. A, a lot of times you don't see them. In their you don't see them at the best. Or, and then when you do, it just doesn't affect you as much because it would be right. like any other time when you're just out as a – with your family going out to a restaurant and just seeing people right. that are happy, you just don't right. think of it as much, you know. So. Right, exactly. So no, and then that's why I get why you'd pick those groups, and I think it's important. And again, I think it's an issue that probably has been highlighted much more for military veterans, not as much for law enforcement. And yeah, in the, the present environment too, especially when we're seeing so much in terms of negative reporting on law enforcement as a profession, no one's thinking about how that's then compounding the already existing pressures of the job, which is very real right so so yeah well i think a good thing though is is uh what we've seen last year in in um 2019 or correction in 2020 i think is a little bit of an anomaly Mm -hmm. uh obviously you have a lot of people that are upset over a small group of people that Mm -hmm. are uh in their eyes seeing their uh policing maybe not being done the way they would like it being done but so it was a very tough year, but I think what we don't see is just the vast majority of people out there that are supportive of police right. and do understand that they do have a job that, to do and are behind them. Right. Would obviously like every profession to be on their their A game 100% yeah. of the time. Right. And, uh, and so I think there is still a lot of support for police out there, uh, regardless of maybe how the media how, how you may feel the media spins it or how may somebody else right. may feel the media spins it. So I, the good news is, is uh, police are very well supported yet, and that's that's a good thing. So. Well, and for sure, and just as a quick aside, we're No Better Friend is doing uh, pro-law enforcement events, back the badge and building bridge events around the state. We did our first in Milwaukee area, had hundreds of people show up. We're going to be in Green Bay on uh, Thursday of this week. We got hundreds of people showing up. I mean, it, it's and what we're doing is having local law enforcement show up and just the only guidance we give them is talk about the challenges you're seeing, what we can do to, to make it better. And the way you're seeing the community react is what you're saying, which is, look, everybody wants uh, police to be put in a position to succeed and to be able to do their job optimally and make right. communities safer. Like, how do we have a real conversation about that? And I think that's so it's good that they have the platform. But I will tell you that, yes, the reaction from the community is extremely positive Absolutely. across the state. So. Well, I want to flip back to your business. So okay. let me ask a couple questions about that and maybe circle back to some of these other topics as we go. But so you are, so obviously you're sourcing, you're producing. Do you have a retail outlet? Are you physically present? Are you then, are you selling business to business and placing in, in grocery stores or how's that end up? We're working on it. Okay. All right. Tell us what uh, you're thinking. Sure. We, 
again, we modeled ourselves, or I modeled uh, the business off of several well-known online companies. Um, okay. And when I say model, meaning that it looked like this is how they started out. They started out with an online, and then they went to going into stores and going into franchising and having their own shops. Okay. You know, I, I couldn't tell you what the future is going to bring for my <laughs> business, but... I wanted to stay full-time in law enforcement and I wanted to have this business on the side. Okay. And again, not having a business degree or having business knowledge outside of policing, I wanted to start small where I could handle it right. while keeping that full-time job. So I felt that the online way to go would be the best option for now. Right. Uh, you know, I have about seven, eight years before I retire. So there are a lot could happen in those seven or eight years, but sure. perhaps it will build and we'll be able to have a retail outlet uh, or possibly go into stores. Okay. It's, um, I found that there's a lot of, of things, that you, you'd be surprised at what you don't know about. Every entrepreneur is going to tell you that very thing, right. like what you're going to learn yeah. as you start to and, do this. And like, yeah. yeah, and I like to think that I, did some research and had a good idea as to how to get this thing started. And then once it was started, I did look into trying to branch out, like going into restaurants or going into stores and so forth. And right. there's a lot of legal uh, yep. Uh, yep. Uh, paperwork and so forth that is involved in it, especially when you're going into supermarkets or, or mm -hmm. stores. And then when you're going into restaurants, there's actually, it's a big business where, uh, a lot of restaurants are getting the equipment to make the coffee from okay. the supplier. Well, uh, equipment okay. is yeah, very yeah. expensive, so right. yeah, so right. I have to wait a little bit before I can uh, really delve into that right now. So, all termed barriers to entry. Yeah, and, uh, and it's, a, it's a real thing that between the regulatory, the legal, and then the upfront uh, infrastructure costs, not just for you but for those that want to serve your product. Right, like that. That is why it's tough to right. start a business line and forge that foothold and, and go from there. Right. But but the other thing you're saying too is what you know most. I, I again I don't want to say all, but many successful entrepreneurs would say, which is start small, build big, and right. maintain margin throughout it all. And like that's the challenge, right? Like how do you get the margin and then scale it? And that's just it. Yes. Right. I, I mean, I had an idea at the beginning of the year of this year. I mean, I just started in September of 2020 and already I'm yep. trying to think of how I'm going to expand. Right. And I started with just four types of coffees. Okay. And by the end of the year, I added on a couple more. And then this year I added on a few more. But I wanted to expand into merchandising and I wanted to expand K-Cups. K-Cups are huge. Everybody yep. wants the K-Cups. Yep. Uh, and just realizing just there's a lot of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, there's a lot of cost yeah, yeah. <laughs> in getting in involved that. in that. Yeah, right. so I guess is the best way to explain it. And right. uh, again, as being a small business and being a part-time business, uh, I have to start a little, I have to scale back, have those great big dreams, sure. but, you know, baby stepping. Understand your, right, your yeah. end point. Right. On the point in K-Cup, so K-Cup, that's a branded that's that's attached to a branded machine, correct? Like it's yes, okay, yes, at the yes. Uh, I'm sorry, coffee pods. Coffee pods. Okay, <laughs> yes. all right. I'm yeah. Um, so as I so to get into like that distribution is that so I guess what the question I'm asking is, do they make their own coffee or do they take different uh, producers and say yes, we'll include you in our distribution of our special coffee pods that go in our machine? I don't know this about the industry. Right. I'm just curious. Well. That's interesting. Uh, I don't 
know it 100% myself, but mm. the background that I've researched would be more for how I can use my coffee and put it into a pod and then sell that pod to and the And then public. you sell your pod to the right. public. Okay, got uh, it. There are some companies out there, and when I say companies like coffee distribution companies or bagging companies mm-hmm. or so forth, that they'll say, well, you can give us the coffee and we'll put it in a pod for you. Okay. But uh, from what I've looked into, and I haven't looked into it very heavily just yet, but from what I've looked into, the cost for me to do that I, I wouldn't make much of a profit just yet. So, Got it. Yeah. Got so. it. Because that whole point of get a margin and then scale the margin. Don't, right. Don't just grow to grow. Correct. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, right. Uh, you know, and this is something that I have to look into at the same time that I'm still working a full-time job and trying to right. maintain the business that I'm maintaining and right. just trying to get promotions out there and so forth. So, um, and then of course, trying to have a little bit of a family life on top of everything else. Why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Not a bad thing to do. Uh, yeah. So right. I, while I want to grow and I want to expand, I maybe wouldn't be growing and expanding as much as I would if this was a full-time business. Sure. So I'm just trying to take it, again, as baby step in it a little bit at a time and just doing it within a comfort level. Right. Yeah. So what are the, so you're selling online. What are the channels online? Where can people find you? Like how do they find the product and how do they buy well, right now I have a website. Uh, it's fallscoffeecompany.com. Okay. So they can go to the website. I sell the coffee, or I don't sell the coffee. I advertise through Facebook. And then when you go to the website, there's a chance to sign up for an email. Uh, okay. You'll get emails and promotional store flyers and so forth through that. Gotcha. And those are the, the three three main ways that I, I sell the coffee. I try to use uh, Facebook a lot with like Facebook Marketplace Mm -hmm. and um, some of the communities that have their, you can like sell almost like a rubbish sale online uh, communities. And I try to advertise through there uh, as to the coffee being available and the sales that are going on and so forth. Uh, I just recently hooked up with a promoter or an advertiser here in Milwaukee that took a look at the business and is happy with how the website is and mm-hmm. uh, how the numbers are, but has already given me a very, very large <laughs> volume of data that I should look at and say, but I think we can help and I think I can help you by advertising through Google and I mm-hmm. think I can help you by if you would do this. So I have a lot of material to sift through and hopefully with this promoter or this advertiser uh, things will expand a little more quickly right you know right uh, so yeah yeah no Facebook um, known for being cheap and getting to a big audience um, but some of this more strategic advertising we talked to business owners about it, it you can you can drill down for reasons that are very uncomfortable mostly that Google's collecting information on all of us and find different populations close to you and far away that might have that interest in coffee right. that you know your average consumer doesn't, so they're more prone, right, to, to get after it. Yeah. Is this? Um, I'm always curious about how people find their way into Amazon. Is that like a goal? Like, is it is that a good thing to do, or does that actually cut your profit down to the point where it's just not simply worth it? No, Amazon is definitely a a way to go. Okay. Uh, I am looking into advertising on Amazon. It just hasn't been set up yet. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But for now, those trying to find you should go to the website itself, which is, Correct. again, fallscoffeecompany.com, and that's the most direct way to, to order from you. And Absolutely. 
So. Yeah, and if they don't want to follow me on Facebook or sign up for the email, uh, I do. My goal is to have a monthly sale every okay. month. So not only are you getting the ch- coffee at a regular affordable price, but then the sales that I have, you're even getting it cheaper. Uh, for example, some of the name brand uh, coffee companies that you would be familiar with in a grocery store mm-hmm. will sell a 12-ounce bag for around $9 a bag, 8 to $9 a bag. And with sales that I have, which is generally 10 or 20% off, you okay. can get a 12 ounce bag of what I consider a premium, much better tasting coffee for anywhere from $10 to 1125. Okay. Which I think is pretty doable. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, everybody <laughs> wants to be careful with their money. I sure, understand that, sure. but it definitely <laughs> is a lot. I mean, some of these uh, businesses and, and great for them that it's working for them and the sales that they have, but it, it's four or $5 more. And then when you add on shipping, you're, you could be paying closer to $20 for a 12 ounce bag of coffee. Right. So, um, the other thing that I've done, if you don't mind me saying is, sure. is uh, besides just trying to keep the, the cost down and then having the sales is, is I really wanted to get my base here in Southeastern Wisconsin. So yeah. I offer free shipping to all of Milwaukee County. Okay. And I offer free shipping to the eastern portion of Waukesha County, and then the southern, and this is just in generality, and the southern portions of uh, Washington and Osaki counties. So okay. there's a fairly big area there where either I or, or a partner are out there driving the cars and getting the coffee to people. And then right. the other thing that we try to do is we want to have good customer service. I mean, policing is all about community policing. Yeah. And so one of the things that I try to do as much as possible is is to get that order to somebody within that 24-hour period. Okay. doesn't always work because, sure. obviously, like I said, you have to balance work and family life and other things right. that may come up. But for the most part, if you order coffee at this point, you'll generally get it within 24 hours. Okay. So yeah. Pretty good. I was going to add, so, and currently in terms of your products, you've sure. got um, seven different coffees, is that correct, at uh, the time? or Nine. Nine. Okay, yes. so nine. Yes. And they're coming, I know we just talked about pods. So you do have pods at this point, or is it all bagged, or how does it work? It's all bagged. Okay. Uh, the, I haven't offered the pods yet. Again, I'm trying to make sure that I can keep the that cost makes down sense, for right. the consumer, and then right. yet, obviously, allow me to get a little bit of, right. of money. <laughs> right. But uh, the big thing is cost down for the consumer. Okay. And for me to do that, I have to... I basically have to reinvest a lot of capital into to getting the pod making machines and right. equipment and so forth. So that'll be a little bit yet, unfortunately. So sure. right now I only offer the bay coffee okay. and you can get it in either whole bean or ground. I was going to ask if you pre- did the pre-grind. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the, well, so thinking about the, so these channels, you're online, you look at Amazon, does it make sense to do so going forward? And then you said like, Hey, we'll see what happens with retail. Is it a goal to, to eventually have like physical plant or no? Is it, you honestly see the best way to do this is to remain? Well, uh, you know, I have an idea. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I, what I would really like to see is trying to keep the coffee as fresh as possible. Okay. So again, one of the other things that I do is I keep my inventory low and the coffee is roasted on a regular basis to try to get to the consumer as fresh of a coffee as I possibly can get. Okay. You know, one of the concerns I have for going into a, uh, a store is, is that I might lose that freshness. Sure. Um, obviously, the technology is there with bagging and the right. sealing and so forth. That, that, that freshness will be maintained for quite a long time, but it's nice to... 
if you're saying you're having fresh roasted coffee, I'd like the consumer to believe that they're actually getting fresh, fresh roasted, roasted coffee, coffee and not coffee yeah, that's been right. sitting <laughs> on, a, on a shelf for a lengthy period of time. So that's a goal of mine. Right. <laughs> uh, and um, so going into stores right now is, n- is not an option. Okay. Uh, again, going into that, uh, there's a lot of uh, legal uh, paperwork and so forth right. that the stores are going to want to to. Just again, there's yeah, and to be clear, so we're not talking about like the creation of a coffee shop or anything like that. It's we're talking about like literally going into supermarkets Correct. and the barriers to that. Yes, and yes, yeah. Right, right. Going into a coffee shop, yes, that that would I would love that to be an option, okay. honestly, because right now my my business is spread out over three different buildings, <laughs> okay, uh, so that I can legally, you know, produce the coffee and and grind it and and bag it and so forth. Because I, again, to have one facility to do this right now. Would, it's an expensive venture. And, I and, would uh, think. Right. So luckily, I've been, I've been able to, to get help. And again, my my businesses are spread out between one place that the roasting is happens, and another okay. place where I or I bag it and grind it, and then my office is at my home. Okay. So gotcha. <laughs> so I'm I'm running from A to B to C a lot. Gotcha. <laughs> during the day. So. Well, I was going to ask that your current setup. So talk to me about it's like three three places that you rent, or these are like coffee production places that you then. Like lease or use a certain amount of time or how does that work? Well, I um, I roast the coffee at uh, it's actually a roastery right here in Waukesha, Cafe de Arts, which oh, is okay. actually not too far away yeah. from where where we are right here. Right. Uh, the owner of that is extremely nice guy, okay. and uh, we've made a, a deal to be able to roast the beans there. Okay. And his his business hours and my full-time work hours don't jive all the time so a lot of times he'll do the roasting for me okay um so but one of my goals of course is to is to roast uh and get into that roasting process a little bit more which okay. he's willing to do and uh so that's uh a goal yeah right. and then the the bagging and so forth is at a place that i lease in menominee falls uh it's a, a kitchen facility uh, that that needs to be uh, licensed through the county. Okay. And so I have that, and then of course my, and that's where I have to keep the the, the packaged bags, and then my office is just where I do all my paperwork. And, okay. Yeah, so I can be home a little bit. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> so, but that is it's a lot of moving parts. It and is. The idea of consolidating would be, be yeah convenient. Yeah, it like. would be nice. Right. Uh, again, uh, without having that. This being all new to me, every day sure. is, is a little something different. Uh, sure. That, that's a goal that we'll, we'll see what happens down the road. Gotcha. Sure. Talk to me about sourcing. I'm interested in this. So you, you're obviously selecting uh, different beans that you want to work with. Like, how do you come about that? How do you, what's the distribution channel for that? Like, how do you, how do you find the stuff that you're actually sourcing? So there's a, um, a green bean distributor. The coffee, the beans, when they come in, they're they're green mm-hmm. before they're roasted. So there's a distributor that that distributes the green beans that has. I I would probably hundreds, hundreds of maybe even thousands of beans. Okay. They, they have a, a different lot varieties of, options, of beans. Okay. Yes, from all over the world, and very similar to you know any other online venture that you would that you would go and want to see what you might want to select is they'll have a a if i want to get a different type of ethiopian bean i can go to their ethiopian variety and they've got okay. organic and they've got 
different ways that the beans are are husked, where the shells are taken off to get to the bean. Okay. Uh, so there's and then there's different types of bean for each country. Will have like I was saying before with the Costa Rican, there might be four or five different types of beans, if not more. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm speculating or I'm, I'm lowballing here, right? Um, and you can choose. Okay, I had this Costa Rican bean and it had this flavor profile, but I'm looking for something different. I would like to try this, and then they will accommodate you with that, and you can you can get those types of beans and gotcha. try them out and see if you like it and see if that's something you want to add. Hmm. So yeah, and. As you're, I, I, I'm curious, as you kind of set up your product line, I assume you're thinking about like, okay, there's different, you know, cleavages in this market. People want one of these, one of these, one of these. Is that it? Like you, as you think through the beans that you're trying to like broadly cover yeah. a market and make sure you've got what people might want or how do you think about it? Well, you know, I'll tell you, it's, it's difficult to try to please everybody yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's I, like the story of 2020 right i mean there's so many different <laughs> it, it, there's so many different options out there and there's so many people that have their own different tastes and so right. forth and and it's tough to please everybody at the same time so what i try to do is again my goal in starting this business was obviously pro law enforcement but secondly trust tried to introduce to the public an affordable coffee yeah with flavor profiles that I picked out that I think that the public would like to try. And so far I've been successful with it. Right. Um, people a lot of times will email me or call me or uh, if they have my number, my sure. number isn't published right now. Sure. Uh, but, uh, um, they'll get a hold of me and say, well, why don't you try this? Or why don't you sell this? And I'll look into it. But again, I, finally comes down to being a small business just starting out I can't have a hundred different varieties um, you know I, I also equate it to that of being like a restaurant you know a restaurant menu that has 800 different items are gonna have 800 good yeah. items right, but right. a restaurant that has maybe 10 or 12 items are gonna have 10 or 12 excellent items right so I kind of equate it to that I can't I can't have too much without losing that quality and I want right. to make sure that quality stays I have to ask this only because I saw it once uh, watching Discovery Channel with my kids. Have you ever heard of this coffee bean that is um, fed to civets and then they defecate it out and people harvest it and then make coffee with the defecated bean? This, so you've heard of this? I've heard of it. Yes. Yes. You don't carry that or you do? No. <laughs> do you have plans to? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that could maybe <laughs> be an option down the world. Right. That's expensive to begin with. I, I think I, it's like the most expensive coffee bean. Yeah. Like, right? It's, yeah. It's crazy. Right. You know, again, that we'll see how things go. But again, just starting out, may not want to go that far out on the limb. Uh, I think just to try. But, uh, yeah. but to, to try it in a limited quantity to say, hey, we've got this. Here's your chance. If you want to try it, we'll have, you know, so much available, yeah. you know, uh, that, that I don't want to rule anything out. Yeah, which is fair. <laughs> yes, it does seem like a pretty extreme approach to uh, to harvesting coffee. But you know what? To each their own, and that's why there's markets. Right. People can make up these decisions as to what they want to. Right. Uh, speaking of markets, I'm curious. So you've, you've alluded to some of the barriers to getting into stores, um, some things you have to deal with. If you think about now, as you're going through this process, just having started this up, what are some of the regulatory or industry burdens that you think like, hey, look, as an entrepreneur, if this were changed, 
this would make it easier for people to get into business, make profit, and build wealth. Like, what what are those things that you say? Hey, this needs to be looked at. Well, I don't know if I have a really good answer for that. <laughs> uh, the only reason I say that is, is I'm very limited to just starting this company. Sure. Um, what I would say is, is for anybody that's interested in getting into this, whatever business they might want to to uh, try to start out on, mm-hmm. is first off, you got to go for it. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I say that by meaning obviously you don't want to risk your financial, your lifestyle, and and, and go sure. into ruins. But at the same time, I would say if you have a dream, to try to follow that dream. And I've had a dream for quite a long time where I wanted to try to own my own business right. and and kind of be my own boss. And I finally decided in 2019 I was going to go for it. Right. And what I would say is is do your homework as best you can as how to get into it. What I did was is I created a business plan. And um, in doing that, it really made me do the research into the coffee industry alone. Things about the coffee industry that I never really thought about, mm-hmm. I, I had to think about. Um, and I think it's easy for anybody to say, well, I'm going to sell coffee online or I'm right. going to sell right. you know, a widget online and buy a widget and sell it. Yeah, right. But there's, <laughs> you know, uh, again, I, I, I didn't think at the, at the time that I needed to be licensed. You know, I, I thought the cottage laws for Wisconsin would apply where I didn't need to be licensed. I could do it out of my house. I mm-hmm. could keep the coffee in my house. I had this idea of the kids playing around my feet while yep. I'm on, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. and, and baking coffee and so forth. And that soon came crashing into reality where mm-hmm. no, you, you have to do this. And, and rightfully so, obviously. Right. I mean, you're selling a product that people are consuming and you by all means need to make sure that it's it stays uh, um, a quality product and right. and so forth. So uh, again, the research was big. And uh, as I say that, there's, as we talked about throughout this interview, is there's other things that are popping up like pods. I always figured I was gonna do pods, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize at the time, because I just wanted to get started, I didn't realize that pods were going to be as, as from what I've researched anyway, yeah. and maybe somebody else has researched it differently. And like, you know, you're way off course here. You could do this, and, <laughs> and, and, and great for them because right. you know that that's America. That's right. that's a, a capitalism. Is I found a better way to do it, or I found a cheaper way to do it, and and it works for them. But I, for right. me right now, it's it's not feasible, and I have to, you know, uh, plan accordingly and build hopefully to get pods. Yeah, build to it. Right. So, uh, yeah. So I, you know what. I don't know if I, that, that's probably the best answer I could give you to that, sure. that question. So. No, that makes me sense. And it, you're obviously, so as we've talked to a number of businesses around the state, you know, everybody's impacted by uh, COVID-19 and the policy responses to COVID-19 different ways. For some industries, it has been severely debilitating. For others, it has opened up doors that they wouldn't have even conceived of only a short time ago. Um, it's very irregular in how it's impacting various aspects of our economy. And I guess the question, you this is all you've known because you've been operating within the construct of the COVID-19 period. Right. What, in your mind though, what, what has been the effect, if any, of what's all going on on the business? Well, I think, selfishly, COVID has done nothing but help for online businesses. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say that I've benefited from it because, again, I'm... I'm less than a year into uh, operating right and my operations are are 
small. So I haven't seen a, a, a huge increase or decrease from it. But for me, it's it's been working. And, you know, just being mindful. Uh, you know, the thing, again, when coffee isn't as, uh, you know, regulated like if I was butchering meats sure <laughs> you sure. know where, where or something that's considered a volatile product or whatever it's a pretty stable product coffee right. is so i've been fortunate in that i picked an item that um again being stable uh there is not a lot of precautions that you have to do other than obviously sanitary precautions you know right. of, when you're packaging and so forth uh so i've been fortunate in that aspect so covid really hasn't been an issue for me uh, because for me to make and package the coffee, I would have to do it the same during COVID as I am outside of COVID. Okay. So it, it's, it's been fine as far as an impact in business for me. And again, with everybody or what I would perceive to be everybody buying online a little mm-hmm. bit more, uh, hoping that it'll be a catalyst in a way to helping me sell more coffee. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, and very different story than had you like started a coffee shop over the past yeah. year. I mean, obviously, you were in the midst of the pandemic, so that affects your business plan too. And you can at least sanity check it before you launch and make sure, hey, I'm obviously not inviting people into my shop. I'm making coffee and shipping, and it works. But I tell you, that's something about the American, the American will, or the American spirit, or just the human spirit, mm-hmm. where. And my brother-in-law has a, he just started a business at the beginning of last year, right before COVID Mm -hmm. in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so he saw where his business was as a a brand new business booming. And then he saw the effects of COVID and how he had to close the doors and he had to figure out different means to be able to sell and make a profit. And that's where I get at with this American will or this American spirit or just the human spirit of I've got this and I need to make it work, and I'll. Right. I have to figure out another avenue. This one's closed. I'm not right. going to just say, "Oh well, I guess I gave it a try." Right. I got to keep going, and I'm going to figure out a different way to make this work. And um, so I, I, I think, I think there's a, a, a silver lining to everything. You sure. just have to keep that positive attitude, and and just keep working hard at your at your goal or your dream, and you know. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. And I think part of what we're trying to do is we have these conversations. We don't want them to be just focused on COVID, but but to call out, like, here's where the effects have been on industry. And in some, and I think in a number of cases that um, pushing back on some of the mistakes that have been made by policymakers that have, have really had catastrophic effects on a lot of people. We want to make sure that we're giving kind of that outlet and the platform to, to business leaders to be able to say, look, here's here's what the effect has been. Here's how policymakers can help us out by showing a little bit more common sense and sure. ideally kind of opening up those opportunities. So sure. one of the questions I was going to ask, um, kind of circling back around some of these things that we've heard about law enforcement and without getting uh, into any more specifics that you're comfortable with, like you'd mentioned that people are uh, generally positive and I think that's 100%. You got to scratch beneath the surface of the media, the reporting, uh, people who are trying intentionally to put police in a bad light. Um, as you look at your experience and your experience in the communities that you police, what does make you hopeful about kind of like next steps of working together and in, in the future of law enforcement? Well, I'll tell you, uh, again, 25 years in law enforcement. So, you know, law enforcement's 
is slow to adapt at times. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that's, that's just the way we are. Uh, you know, we're, we're traditionalists. If something work, why, why, why fix it? But I think what you're seeing now is, is, and I, and I saw it slightly at the beginning, um, when I was in college and, and looking, what am I going to do for a career? And I decided to pick law enforcement and I spoke to a couple of people that I knew who were in law enforcement and they all said, ironically, get a business degree. <laughs> because law enforcement is basically a business. Sure. You know, you have to run a company, which is, right. you know, and, and our product is customer service or community policing. Right. And I said, yeah, that's great, but law enforcement, I'm going to go for a criminal justice degree. So that's what I did. <laughs> but in hindsight, you see how important that degree is, whether it is a criminal justice degree or some other degree. And I think what you're seeing now is, especially nowadays, is the younger generations are coming up with, a lot more college degrees. That's part of the hiring requirements. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're seeing people that are a lot more educated than they were even 50 years ago, you know, uh, in law enforcement. And with that aspect, you, you know, we, we change. I mean, state laws don't stay the same. State laws are changing constantly. Uh, so, you know, while I said it in one port portion that law enforcement is slow to change, when there's change in laws or there's state change in policy with the state community or a local or federal level, mm -hmm. we have to change. We have to right. adapt to that. So when all of this happened last year, um, yes, you know, it's, it's, you don't, you don't like seeing, you know, your, your business, so to speak, or police being, being trashed by certain groups or whatnot. But, but at the same time, I looked at it as, okay, we're going to have to change. The community has decided that, they want this out of their police force, just like they want this out of their city aldermen or they want this out of their politicians or whatnot. So if that's what the community wants, then that's what we're going to have to change to. And you've started to see that in the last year. You've started to see certain um, policies and procedures come down through the state and federal level or say you, you will have to do this. And I'm really thankful in that the agency that I work for is... Um, they're akin to that, mm -hmm. and a lot of these changes was already written into our policies, so we didn't have to do much to change how we performed our jobs. So for me, I guess I'm fortunate enough to work for an agency that uh, was already kind of on top of this. Gotcha. And uh, I think where where you're going to see a little bit more drastic change is going to be actually in your smaller departments. I know a lot of people would say big city. But I think, honestly, it would be the smaller departments just because the funding is not there all the time to stay on top of some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And and I'm speculating, but I, I could be completely wrong in this. I, I just want to preface sure. that. <laughs> uh, some people that may be listening, but um, but uh, I think that's where you might see a little bit more change and a little bit of departments that need to catch up a little bit quicker, so to speak. So, gotcha. Yeah. As we look out... Uh, I'm in two years demarcation point, but you could say a couple years or whatever. Like, what what is kind of your uh, ideal state for the business? Grown, of course, but like, as you think, like, hey, in a you know a year or two year in my plan, like this is where I want to be able to get to, and here's how I'll do it for the coffee company. Yep. Uh, well, right now it's just to just gain notoriety and to okay. gain public knowledge. That's the main goal, and whatever I can do to try to let people know that I'm out here is is a win. And we're glad uh, to help with that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. 
the goal would be to expand the company to the point where I would be able to get a brick and mortar shop okay. uh, where I'd be able to combine my three <laughs> outer stores or outer places that I have my, my setup at right. into one and then be able to, to offer that product uh, both at a brick and mortar shop mm-hmm. as well as online. Okay. Um, so that's it. You'd be able to do production a retail and in the same building. So you do, your, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then you then also to use the online channel to sell separate. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Now how big that could become, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'd like to try to stay grounded. I don't want to, and maybe this is wrong. Uh, maybe you have to dream big, but I don't want to think that in 10 or 15 years, for example, that I'm going to be the next big corporate coffee company out there on the market. <laughs> whatever name your business uh but uh my goal is is to again i i'm looking to retire in about seven or eight years Mm -hmm. and it would be nice to have this to take over as a full-time job from the police job Mm -hmm. and whatever i'm at at that point we'll we'll see if if it'll work and and maybe i'll stay at that that point but you know it's it's an interesting path so far. I mean, just in, I, I started again, I started the idea for this in 2019. So right. all of 2020, you know, all it is is excitement. Yeah. Because I'm going to build this and I, I have to work on these business plans or what are my profit losses that I project that I think I might have. So it's all exciting. It's, right. it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's fun, uh, so to speak. Long hours at times, but sure. it's fun. Sure. Uh, so, you know, to say that I want to just, go stagnant in this business, no, I don't see myself in wanting to do that. I would like to keep expanding because that's the fun part in in my opinion. Uh, And, you know, and along with that is, is the more that I can expand, that means the more local police departments that I can try to affect and, and, you know, offer some support for. And then that plays into the bigger foundations that I want to offer money to. So... You know, I, there's there's more to it than just expansion and fun on my part. It's the community, uh, the customers. Um, I, I I want to. I want them to have fun with it as well. And right. having fun with that is is to say, okay, you know, Falls Coffee Company. I've paid for your coffee and I've donated a little bit extra because I have that donate button at the when you check out. You right. can you can donate if you want more. Well, I would like to see the return for my donation. And so for me to be able to have that exposure and to show that their money is going to their local PDs or to an injured officer or mm-hmm. officer that has a mental health issue or the unfortunate incident where there might be a line of duty death. And I can see that, that my money is now going to that. And that, I would hope, now, of course, is not fun and exciting, right. <laughs> but can at least right. be a... Um, moment of pleasure or not even a moment, a f- moment of fulfillment right. to say, hey, I made a difference. Um, I got great coffee and right. I made a difference by helping this officer or helping this department. Uh, so that's that's my goal. Right. Coffee with a cause. I like it. Trying. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's great. And if you were to say, um, well, and, and I guess, yes, you, you've kind of ex- described that impact of covid and so the idea is you get to this point where you'll have that retail. Are you thinking uh, start in the falls and, and go from there? And Because I know Menominee Falls is a neat downtown and obviously has 
Yeah. Uh, there's there's room for co- growth in the coffee business. Surprisingly, right. Right. I mean, you would see a there's a lot of name brand uh, yep. corporate uh, We're places. We're familiar that, with something. We right, won't mention that, the competition. <laughs> right. Here. Yeah. That, that have uh, that <laughs> seems like a store in every corner. Sure. But in, in doing the research and so forth, there's there's definite room for coffee expansion. And, okay. You know, people aren't. There's uh, almost like a craft. Uh, agenda that's going on with coffee now where it's not okay. so much uh, I'm just going to get my cup of joe as part of my morning routine there's right. you know now that you're seeing that there's actual flavors to it because the growing is that much better in all of these different regions of the world so they're able to get that flavor and now you're comparing some coffees to wines and okay. you're comparing some coffees you know to uh, maybe a fine tobacco uh, like a cigar or something this is that's what the coffee business is kind of going into now okay. so uh it, it's going to be an interesting um an, an interesting few more years and and uh, we'll see what happens but yeah yeah well and i guess it makes sense right because yes from the big the big retailers that are out there that we all know that you know right. people are very familiar with that product and if there's something that's more refined and plus brings brings to bear some of these elements of your mission which helps law enforcement quite right. literally also too is just more uh craft and and hitting a specific market Correct. in terms of quality that's that's right. something consumers have shown they want in other spaces right and hoping it expands here all right well steve it's been great to have you here as as we look out to the future and you've alluded to this a bit with the business and such but what maybe broad scale maybe talking more about the business but what does make you hopeful for the future as you look out as a new entrepreneur and a law enforcement official? Well, I think that people are very, people are very adaptive to change. And when you look at coffee changing from, again, probably for a lot of us, when their parents or grandparents just had a, a cup of sludge <laughs> that they called coffee yeah. back <laughs> in the day, uh, and now it's kind of come to this, uh, like I said, almost like a craft uh, business, uh, I, I'm hopeful in that people's palates will enjoy a, a premium cup, uh, a more refined cup of coffee. And I think that has a lot to say about society in general. I think that it's easy to focus on the negative and it's easy Mm -hmm. to focus on, um, the bad things, but you know, the bad things aren't a constant. In other words, you know, you, you, you look at Facebook and all you see are smiles on people's faces. <laughs> but there's always that up and down, right? There's always that up and down between good times and bad times. Sure. And there's always going to be bad times. But I think the good times and the positive outlook that society has in general for what they want in the future is always going to be a lot better than the bad times or the negative right. that you see. So I think as long as we, as a community, continue to grow... And which is what I want to do with the coffee company is continue to grow and be a part of that community. And I think we're just going to see good times ahead of us. Awesome. So. It, you, you think it's got to go up from here. That's, I think, a good... <laughs> There's, we've been through worse times in history. It's not exactly been inspirational to see how some this has played out over the last year and a half. Sure. And I yeah. think you're right, the, the, the triumph of human spirit, right? And it's a big part of what we try to carry forward No Better Friend. Like, let's get out there and empower people and put them on a path where they can achieve their dreams, which is why, 
your story is so great to see somebody starting a company in the midst of all this turmoil and then having it have a great mission too. And I would urge everyone to head over to fallscoffeecompany.com. And Steve, uh, we appreciate you coming and venturing all the way to Waukesha, although you do <laughs> roast beans not far from here. So it wasn't hopefully too inconvenient to come here. Um, but we're thrilled to have you and we'll, we'll continue to track your progress and encourage people to check you out and uh, look forward to crossing paths with you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so lot for having me. Awesome. Thank you, Steve, and right. best luck. Thank you. I'm Kevin Nicholson. Thanks for joining us today on the Right Idea Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the Right Idea Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, Ricochet, Stitcher, Luminary, or wherever you listen to podcasts.